The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 94, Your Urban Legends, part 13, mostly outtakes, really. I mean, it says what it is, and that happens quite a bit in our uh, in our Urban Legends episodes, but we love you, and we love your stories. We do love your stories, and if you want to send a spooky thing that's happened in your life, or a relative's life, or your hometown, you can do that at spiritspodcast.com slash contact. It is super easy. You fill out the form, we get an email, and we file it away in our secret archives, because we have secret archives now. (laughs) We do. Amanda does the filing, because she enjoys filing. Do you know who else enjoys filing, Julia? Would it be our new patrons? I feel like we shouldn't put that on them. Uh, I mean, I happen to think it's very cool. So if they do enjoy filing, we're going to bond over it. Uh, That will be our newest patrons. Julie, Greg, Simon, Garrett, Nicole, Jacqueline, Allie, and Trish. Welcome. Welcome. Um, If you don't want to file things, you can hang out in the Basement Archives Lounge. Yeah, it has an Xbox or a PlayStation 4, Spider-Man. What are teens talking about these days? Spider-Man. They're talking about Spider-Man. There's also booze. Yay. And uh, we will pour our first drinks for our supporting producer level patrons. Philip, Julie, Christina, Eeyore, Josie, Sam, Amara, Ella, Neil, Jessica, Maria, Ryan, Phil, and Deborah, as well as our legendary legend level patrons, Elisa, Zoe, Lorelai, Cassie, Sandra, Sarah, Audra, Jack, and Leanne. You all can just hang out in the cool basement lounge whenever you want. There's The walls are made out of stone. It's really cool. It's very exclusive. Yeah, and they like retain heat or coldness depending on what kind of weather is happening really well. That's very specific, but I love it. Jules, what were we drinking for this episode? Well, you know, we always do local beers for our Urban Legends episodes, Amanda. That's Hell just yeah. a given. So I picked up a case of Long Summer Nights Wit Beer from Mustache Brewing, which is this amazing wit beer. You know how much I love wit beer. Uh, it's got these like lemon and melon notes and uh, Mustache Brewing is local here on Long Island. Hell yeah. I actually had a weekend full of local beer. I went to uh, Octfest, which is a beer and music festival on Governor's Island here in New York City. And uh, Julia, you know that I'm not particularly, let's say, uh, outdoorsy adventurous type. I don't like being uncomfortable. I don't like being too hot or too cold or too wet or too dry. Um, In general, I'm kind of like a succulent. I need a really steady and specific environment to be my best. Um, But It was so much fun. Even though it was raining and freezing cold, I had so much fun trying not just New York State beers, but beers from all over the country and the world. There were some Japanese brewers there who don't distribute in the U.S. And we sort of like discovered them right when the thing opened and then later looked and saw that the line was like hundreds of people long. Um, So this week, you know, we usually recommend like a book or a podcast, but my recommendation is going to be trying something new that maybe you don't not sure you would like, but you're going with good company and you're willing to give it a go. Go to festivals is basically Amanda's recommendation for this week. Yes, it is. 
And uh, before we get into the show, we also want to thank our two sponsors for this episode, Skillshare and Calm, which is a meditation app, brand new sponsor to the show. We are a big fan and we'll tell you all about both of them later in the episode. Oh, hey, one second. Speaking of festivals, we are going to be at the Brooklyn Horror Festival in October. Yes, we're doing a live show. Didn't even plan that segue. Didn't even remember to put it in the show notes. But you're welcome. uh, Now I will. Yeah. So the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival, it is in October. We are going to be doing a live show. The festival is from October 11th to the 18th. Yeah, we are so excited. We're going to be doing a live show on Sunday, October 14th. You can buy tickets just for that. You don't have to like have a pass or have a general admission to the festival in order to come. It is affordable. It is exciting. It's at the White Hotel in Brooklyn, which is like such a fancy venue. Damn, Julia, we're fancy bitches. God, I'm so excited. Yeah, and we're going to be doing uh, some local New York urban legends and some uh, performances of some emails that y'all sent us. So if you have a Brooklyn-specific or New York City-specific urban legend, now is the time. This is your moment. And if you can be at the show, let us know. That way we can read your myth with you there in the room. So fun. Yes, if you send it to us, just say it is a New York or Brooklyn-specific email, and we'll file it away in the archives like we do. (laughs) Yeah, definitely mention Brooklyn or the horror festival in there so we can make sure we pay attention. Um, But that is upcoming in October. October is going to be a really good month. We have some good stuff planned. We do. All righty. Well, that about wraps it up for us. So enjoy Spirits Podcast, episode 94, Your Urban Legends, part 13. Spooky. Okay, how about a quick a quick little round robin improv game? Uh, spookiest way to stay cool in the summer. Spookiest way to stay cool in the summer? Yeah. Go to the most haunted place you can where there's a bunch of cold spots and just use it as paranormal air conditioning. Cool, cool. Good start. Eric. Haunted freezer. That was something that was in a recent episode, I think. That was in a recent episode. A haunted walk-in freezer. Very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's a cool place for the summer. Uh, how about going to a haunted movie theater? Oh, you thought it was just a random question, but it's a segue. Jesus. Oh, I until uh, <laughs> until oh, you said the, that it was a segue, <laughs> I didn't know that it was gonna be a segue. Also, can you segue out of the 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 not start of the episode? Like there was nothing before this. The the question was a ruse to set up my story. You're trapped in my ah. puzzle. Let me tell you about a haunted movie theater, y'all. This comes to us from Godaliva, who writes about a haunted movie theater in their hometown in Indonesia. So years back, when there was like only one movie theater in town, that theater burned down. According to the stories I heard, this <laughs> so happened- there was one, there was one, and then there was none. <laughs> Just for the record. It's like the cold open of this podcast. You thought it was a great anecdote, and then it wasn't. According to the stories I heard, this happened during the midnight showing, so probably around 11 or 12 at night. I don't know how many survivors there were, if any, but there were a lot of people who died in the fire. Fast forward to the present day. A few years ago, a new movie theater was built right where the old theater burned down. Why people think this was a good idea is beyond me. At this point, there were other movie theaters in town, but those were built inside shopping malls. This was the only movie theater that actually stands on its own. If the schedule hadn't changed from the last time I went there, it starts showing movies around midday. The theater also has midnight showings, with the tickets being slightly cheaper. Now, because the midnight shows are held on, you know, midnight, obviously not everyone is going to choose this time to watch movies in the theater. So the theater that shows movies at this time is usually not totally full. Generally, the back rows are pretty much all empty. But 
people have said that sometimes the room feels warmer than usual. If the back rows are empty and you turn around to look when the room feels warm, you might see people all sitting in the supposedly empty seats, all watching the movie. Some people have said that their faces are melting, but I think this is more to scare children and scaredy people. Now, I've never tried going to the midnight showing, and I probably never would, but given that many people have claimed they've seen these ghosts, I am inclined to believe them. And they add, this reminds me of one of the shopping malls with the movie theater built in that always has like two floors of the parking lot empty to appease spirits that dwell within the mall due to some workers dying and buried in cement when the mall was being built, which I think is sometimes confused with the burned down theater story. The details are blurred together, I think, but that's something else. That's Whoa. concerning. Twist at that's the end. Concerning. Yeah. That is that's a lot. Also, a lot. I feel like movie theater ghost is what I, if I could choose what my afterlife is going to be like. Pretty if good. If I decide to stay on this mortal coil, getting to watch movies every night, pretty good ghost life. Pretty yeah. solid yeah. ghost choice. Yeah. And I feel like being an, a ghost in the internet would be too much, but being a ghost in a movie theater, pretty great. These ghosts are also pretty, uh, pretty polite. Like they don't take the seats that you want to take. Maybe you do want to sit in the back row, check your phone, play your Game Boy SP. I don't know. Um, but these ghosts if, only show up after anyone the is, full. Wh- who's Amanda, <laughs> are you, are you playing Pokemon in the back of movie theaters? I'm concerned. No, I'm only playing Pokemon on the subway and in my house. I promise. Okay. Cause you've been posting lovely, you've been posting lovely Twitter pictures of you playing Pokemon, doing a nice Nuzlocke run. And if I found out that you were bringing that into a movie theater, no. disrupting people around you, I was no. going to lose it. No. Unacceptable. Anyway, I liked this because it was about movie theaters, which I love and find very charming. Um, and secondly, because, you know, I am a sucker for a good, like, spirit of a place. And I liked this kind of, like, through line of the fire. I liked that it was warmth and not coldness that preceded the ghost because that's kind of unusual. And that little twist at the end with the shopping mall and the, like, very real uh, issue of, like, migrant labor and unsafe construction practices all over the world uh, turning into a idea to, like, leave two, lot, two floors of it empty. I think it's pretty cool. I have another story. The problem is I just opened it up and I realized the first line requests that Eric read it. So... I, I'm concerned and conflicted now. It requests that I read it? Yes. It says, please make Eric read this one. I mean, here, you email me that one. I'll yeah. email you one of mine. All right, that's a we'll fair do, we'll swap. Do a Hold quick on. quick swap. Oh, shit. That's what the cold open should have been. This is number what? 13. Spooky. Oh. oh, we fucked up now. Okay, well, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to put this <laughs> in front of the cold open. Okay. And then we're going to, so this will happen, and then the cold open will happen in about a minute from now. So so you guys are now hearing this cool, <laughs> no. colder no. open. The nope. coldest open. Nope, we're not nope. doing this. Amanda is, this, Amanda this, is not a fan uh, of This plan. open is like a popsicle that you bought 45 minutes ago from the ice cream man, and now it's still on the sidewalk in its wrapper, limp and sad. Okay. I've, re- I've received an email from Julia that was requested for me to do. And I will now read it. This comes from Mika. And it says, Hello, please make Eric read this one. There we go. I've been sending in these stories a lot, but I'm going to continue because my favorite drag queen says, You'll never get anything in life without being a pain in the ass. That is true. Yes. So here are two urban legends plus an encounter I had. Quick plug. 
people who have sent us urban legends, share them on our Facebook group. Go to facebook.com slash spirits podcast. Click the link to our group. Share that. People love it. Share it right away and get instant gratification before we can read it on the show. Do it up. Bricks soaked in virgin's blood. That's the Visit, <laughs> real that's why intense. I picked well, it, but Real continue. intense. Real intense. My hometown, Cedar City, Utah, has a pretty okay university built in the late 1800s. 1800s. The only problem with the university is the main building was built with bricks soaked in virgin's blood. Okay. Oh, shit. As a historian... <laughs> Oh, who documented that? What happened? As a historian, furthermore, bullshit. I'm not a historian. You could just say that because it's it's very funny. And what a, Listen, what a college man. Weird shit has happened. Well, well, I think I might have the answer in the rest of this email. Ooh, go. How, you may ask? Yes. Well, a young girl named Virginia Loomis was found stabbed to death on a boulder. The boulder was covered in blood. Oh. I, listen, I'm sorry to say ah and not oh. But that was my Is reaction. it possible that there has been a mistranslation over the years of telling this story and it's just Virginia's blood <laughs> and not Virgin's blood? Just well, well, her name was Virginia, so clearly she was a virgin. Mm, I love a good word play. No one named Virginia has ever had sex ever, historically. <laughs> I love I love a good bit of wordplay in my murder stories. Her Her boyfriend, the killer, fled town and was never seen. And the university did the smartest thing they could imagine. Take the boulder, soaked in virgin blood, and make it into bricks for their school. Okay, now Amanda. Yes. You, you come from a long line of masons and bricklayers. I do. And folks like that. I was really wondering where that was going. <laughs> do they just make bricks out of boulders? Because I thought that like bricks were specifically a certain t- type of stone. Am I wrong? Uh, so bricks are forged from clay. That is true. Okay. Uh, but what does happen is if you've ever seen like beautiful photos of like fields in Ireland and, you know, the UK and Europe and places, um, and you see that they'll have just kind of these like stacked up stone walls in the fields, I sort of assumed like, oh, that's like, I guess, to divide different paddocks for sheep or whatever. Uh, no, it's just because when you're digging up your field to like level it or move shrubs, people don't want to do anything with the stones. So they just like stack them. And so there's just a bunch of walls that you don't need because uh, you just don't want to carry the rocks to the creek or wherever. Uh, but okay, no, can, can confirm. Not made from uh, blood soaked, whatever. So now it is said Virginia haunts the main building and has killed everyone. Nope. What? That's, what it says. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong. Keep that in, please. <laughs> And has killed... I got nervous because I had a burp coming and I read it wrong. <laughs> I just did a weird closed mouth laugh because I had water in, in my mouth. So, you know, we're very skilled podcasters coming up on number 100 here. Uh-huh. And has even killed someone. <laughs> a janitor was lighting a furnace in 1948 and the door slammed on his arm. He burned to death, unable to wrench free, no! becoming the human torch that burned down the building the first time. The this is some man. dark shit. Why did I have to read this? What, what punishment did, I, did I get? I, I give the people what they want. Witnesses say they saw Virginia laughing in the flames as she got revenge <laughs> on the town. Who let her soul to be trapped? Okay, sure. So that's story one. <laughs> oh, cool. Boy. So can I got we, two more in this it? email. The next two are a bit shorter. So, so we'll we'll... 
plow right through these ones. Ghost Fury and why eggs are not worth your life. So this young girl, Mary Jane McCune, had just gotten married and her hubby went off on business. So she stayed with her friend Jehiel, I think. Cool. One night, they heard a commotion coming from the chicken coop. When they got closer, they saw a rabid coyote. In a flash of bravery to save the chickens, Mary Jane went in and promptly got her throat bitten by the beast. Sweet. Her wound healed. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> a lot better than I thought that was going to go. But just as it did, she began to exhibit signs of rabies. In pity for her, the family decided to put her out of her misery by smothering her with a mattress in her sleep. Great. Oh, no. It is now said on a full moon you can hear her howling in the cemetery as a ghostly coyote circles the graveyard. Ooh. Like kind of ghost wear coyote. I'm into it. They're forever entwined, the ghost coyote and the woman killed by the ghost. Also, <laughs> let's talk about ways to put people out of their misery. Listen, <laughs> compassionate... Uh, euthanasia is a serious topic that I debated in my Lincoln Douglas debate club in, in, in high school, probably too early uh-huh. for that. Uh, 15, probably. probably too probably. early. Uh, but anyway, this is not the way to do it. <laughs> also, like, a mattress. Yeah. That's... Why not a pillow? Why a, not a pillow? Right. A yeah. mattress is very large. That's a lot of... It's a lot. That's like some... You got to put some manpower behind, like, what, what moving year was this? a mattress. This was in uh, this year un un undetermined unnumbered. I mean, there's someone named Mary Jane McCune and Jahile, and neither <laughs> of those names sound like the last century. So I don't know. Those don't sound like recently named people. Also, the fact that like we have like a cure for rabies now, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you don't have to just murder people when they have rabies anymore. Well, I asked because in old timey times, everyone knows beds were all very uncomfortable and a bed was basically like a very thin mattress with some straw in it if you were lucky. So I don't know, maybe they used point. to be easier to move, but this is not the detail that we should be stuck on. <laughs> we are very stuck on this for some reason. I mean, that is, that's the darkest part of the story to me. That's the scariest part of this whole thing. <laughs> fuck the, post, fuck the the ghost coyote or more ghost coyote very cool Listen, ghost coyote very cool, also but, great but, patronus that would be awesome mm-hmm. yeah but if you're gonna throw extra details into this story you'd never know which one we're gonna get caught oh out. yeah no all the details paint us a picture <laughs> also to be fair to be fair they put smothering her with a mattress in her sleep at all caps so it really does call it out in okay. the email as the the it the, is the climax the main part yeah. that is fair yeah the final little little bit we have here is titled Rare Blonde Ghost. Oh. <laughs> having just played you know, a lot the of shiny Pokemon. Pokemon. Having, being... <laughs> <laughs> having played a lot of Pokemon in the last two days, I can confirm that shiny things probably worth picking up. Maybe not in this case. So to wrap it all up, here's a personal experience I had with a ghost. So as background, most people in Cedar are blonde, probably due to inbreeding. I don't know, man. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> maybe. It's quite a joke, maybe. but all right. <laughs> also, just like genetics, maybe. I don't know. I, a small bean around the age of seven, was sleeping on the bottom bunk of my bunk bed when I heard someone calling my birth name. I didn't change it until I was 14. Sophie. Sophie, dear, wake up. I opened my eyes and saw a ghostly figure with a long braided plait of gold hair. 
and a flowing white dress. The woman smiled at me as if she knew me. Then she was gone. Who was it? Hell if I know. Why did she call me? Hell if I know. Fair enough. There you go. All right. Creepy. I feel like I feel like blonde ghosts would be distinctly creepier. I don't know why. Yeah. Also, you think of kind of like Victorian, like dark hair, pale skin ghost. And mm-hmm. that would seem, I don't know, to me, I always pictured angels as blonde. Probably the like white person bullshit uh, imagery that we grew up with, yeah. uh, whitewashing all Christian uh, figures. But um, that to me is sort of like, oh, man, this is like seriously unearthly type stuff. Um, I guess speaking of ghosts, I can transition into my story, um, which was titled... The which Amanda will now read. <laughs> <laughs> it specifically asked for Amanda. No, I'm kidding. Julia, uh, we so are letting you go. Ti- <laughs> I'm just, it's fine. I'm going to get out of here. Um, so this story is titled The Ghost That Follows Me, a.k.a. The Ghost I Punched Once. Yes. Punch the ghost. So we're already good. This comes from Gabriel or Gabrielle. Um, not sure if this is a good story for the podcast, but I feel like y'all would appreciate it. I tend to have really strong instincts, and at times I've just gotten the immense sense that something is wrong and I should leave wherever I am at the time. I get that too. It's called anxiety. Um, (laughs) Same. (laughs) spooky. (laughs) The spookiest anxiety. It really is. It's like, huh? What? Huh? Huh? I'm missing something. It really is haunting. No, I've, I've talked about this quite a bit. I legitimately thought for like, a fairly long time that I had some sort of like precog superpowers because I would just get these feelings of overwhelming dread at times. And it was like, oh no, something bad is going to happen because I, why else would I feel this way for no reason? Nah, babe. And then brain. I discovered it was anxiety. <laughs> before, before we get to the story, I'm going to one quick tangent. What if Peter Parker doesn't have superpowers <laughs> and he just has really bad Exactly. That's what the Spidey sense is. Like the Spidey sense is completely unrelated to the wall climbing abilities, and he's just like, uh. Um, complete, complete other side note. You know that scene in Infinity War where they see his uh, like all of his hair stand up on his arm. Yeah. I was reading an article where they're like, that wasn't CGI. That effect was actually just caused by someone blowing in Tom Holland's ear. (gasps) (laughs) That is horrifying. That's the worst story we've ever ever told. Oh my god! Anyway, there, that's a bonus creepy story for you right there, everybody. There you go. Damn. Uh, anyway, back to the story. So they said I could usually just leave, and that would be it. But a couple of times, I've been stuck, and strange things have happened. The most notable of which occurred one night about twelve years ago. I woke up in the middle of the night and needed to go to the bathroom. As I approached my door, however, I got the same feeling of, quote, this is wrong and I should be in a place that is not here. Nature's call uh, couldn't be ignored, though, so I steeled myself and opened the door. To my shock, a humanoid figure stood before me. It was oddly indistinct, like a clay figure viewed through foggy glass, but I could see it breathing. I could feel it looking at me, and in my panic, I tried to punch it. Awesome. Same. Good Beautiful. To my utter horror, I didn't feel anything solid so much as it felt like my arm was moving underwater. It was not solid, but it slowed or resisted. The figure recoiled as if the blow had landed, and I slammed the door closed again. In what was probably minutes but felt like years, I finally got desperate enough to open the door again, and the figure was gone. After I finished my business, 
fair enough. I searched the whole house, but couldn't find anything amiss aside the fact that all three of my family's cats refused to go toward the side of the house where my room was at. Whoa. To this, oh, never good. Trust cats always. Trust cats. To this day, I occasionally think I see it when it's dark out, regardless of my sleep level, and I sometimes hear knocking when my instincts act up. The friends I have that also think they might be haunted are left alone when I'm nearby. I think that makes mine territorial, and I can only hope that I've merely piqued its interest and that it isn't playing the long game to get me. Either way, I love the podcast and look forward to more awesome stories. Oh, wow. That's such a good survival instinct, I feel. Yeah. I love it. I was watching a program the other day about the honey badger, which is great. And it showed like a lion, a lion sneaking up on this like raccoon sized honey badger. Honey badger turns around and like raises the tackles and hisses. And the lion's like, oh, and I I just wanted to take notes. It was great. (laughs) I am excited to tell y'all about another spooky tale. But first, let's get a refill. Get those beers. Let's go. Julia, you know how sometimes you, you want to be a different person than you are? Yes, all the time, always. No, you're great. But specifically, I really want to be the kind of person who meditates. That's fair. I'm proud of you. I know that it's good for you. I know that you're supposed to do it. I'm sure it would help me out as a person who is eternally stressed and anxious. But I just, my brain is too busy to do it. And and I need some help, which is why I'm so stoked that our sponsor for this week is Calm. They are the number one meditation and mindfulness app. This is a gorgeous app. Get it on the app store and it helps you meditate. It helps you be mindful. It has like beautiful soundscapes. You can listen as if you're like in a lake or in a rainstorm or some kind of beautiful white noise while you're working. And they have sleep meditations. Oh. Insomnia definitely strikes me. So I listened last night to to a sleep story about the Trans-Siberian Railroad. That like this sounds really amazing. lovely, like resonant narrator's voice walked me through the Trans-Siberian Railroad's journey and I slept like a baby. Oh, I, I also have sleep troubles, as you well know. Uh, so that sounds really, really nice. I am totally going to check that out. Yeah, they're like bedtime stories for grownups. They are very, very good. So please check out Calm at calm.com slash spirits, where you can get a 25% discount off of a premium subscription. That's at calm.com slash spirits. I feel like this was made to make fun of our accents. It wasn't, but... A little bit. Just tiny A little bit. A little bit. So thank you to Calm for sponsoring the program. Somewhere else that you can learn good stuff is Skillshare. Yo. I love Skillshare. What's up, Skillshare? Teach me some new things. Uh, you know what I learned this weekend, Jules? What'd you learn? When I was not at the beer festival, I was baking. And yes, it was a Toll House pre-prepared cookie dough sheet. <laughs> but I was also watching Great British Bake Off, which makes me feel very aspirational about the kind of baking I want to take on. Wasn't so this season I- so good, by the way? It is a very good season. I was very nervous, but it's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked up on Skillshare. I was like, hmm, I know what proofing is. I can be a baker. Uh, no, I need to check out some of the fundamentals. So I checked out The Art of Baking, A Beginner's Guide, a Ooh. course on Skillshare, which is very beautiful and not too long. Like it really just teaches you what you have to know. And it is very, very good. So I think I'm going to be trying an actual cake next weekend. <gasps> 
amazing. And you can get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. To sign up, you can go to Skillshare.com slash spirits. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash spirits to get two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for only 99 cents. So you can start learning how to make a cake right now. Do it. Or whatever. We love you. Thank you so much, Skillshare. And thank you to Calm. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastic into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, I have an email titled Narwhal Drawing Plus Kind of Spooky Tale, so you know I was going to click it. Yeah, you and your... Much, much weaker segue on this one, to be honest. <sighs> you and your, Listen, uh, your narwhals. Got a drink. We punched a ghost. We're ready to go. So this is from Spooky Creations Rebel, who has a very fun Instagram that we're going to link in the show notes, um, as well as this beautiful drawing of a narwhal, which I am going to post on our Insta at Spirits Podcast. So they write... I binge podcasts while drawing comics, and Spirits has become one of my absolute favorites. I want to tell you a story about when my sister and I were elementary school age, going to different schools. Now, before you ask, how does that work? Didn't you live together? We did. I was diagnosed with autism at a very young age, and as a result, my parents got me into this local school specializing in taking care of and educating kids with special needs. So because of that, my sister and I were in different schools and were taught by different teachers. So one day, she comes home and tells me about a story her teacher had told her that day. He and three of his friends had been mountain hiking that winter break, and they'd encountered a pretty eerie phenomenon. The way this works is that in Norway, where I live, there's a sort of hiking association whose job it is to maintain popular trails and mark them so people don't veer off the track and get lost in the unforgiving wilderness beyond. Already good. They also own a bunch of cabins strewn across the mountains where any member of the association can stay there for free. A popular thing to do amongst sporty Norwegians is to hike across the mountains, walking from cabin to cabin, and this is what the teacher and his group of friends set out to do. Sign up, this also exists in Scotland, and it would be so fun, I think, to like stay in these beautiful, you can Google them, like this beautiful little stone uh, huts for hikers. So fun. I was just listening. I think there's like a 99% Invisible episode. Oh, shit, yeah. Episode yes. That's about like almost this exact, there's one that's about uh, both about like the right to roam and another yes. one about like the huts like placed i think mostly around new zealand but it sounds like a very similar thing man a country with robust social services what must that be like for the first few days of the trip everything went rather well they hiked during the day and settled into a predetermined cabin at night but one day they fail to find the cabin they're supposed to settle into for the night instead they come across this ramshackle little shed on its own in the middle of a snowy mountain ghost cabin don't go cabin, into cabin, the, the ghost cabin the ghost the cabin's going to be the ghost. Don't. Not not snow covered. Like, if the Yuki Ona has taught us anything, <laughs> don't just, like, show up at a fucking, like, snow covered cabin, you idiots. Well. Oh, so, you know, I think we're thinking two different things. I think you're suggesting they don't go into this ramshackle cabin that they found. I, no, I, I'm suggesting that it is either the thing is haunted or there is going to be someone haunted in there. And what it's I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is that the cabin they were looking for is a ghost and disappeared. (laughs) Fair. That is totally fair. Well, with the daylight rapidly depleting, the group decides to wait out the night in the shed and search for the correct cabin in the morning. So inside, they slip off their backpacks, stretch a bit, 
and soon realize that it'll be too cold to actually settle down and get some rest. So instead, they invent this sort of game to get them through the night, staying awake and warm. They each find a corner to stand in and then walk along the walls to one another. So person nope, one, no, oh, no, Julia is no. so scared. <laughs> you said go I to the corners and I immediately Blair Witched in my mind <laughs> and just like like panicked. Oh, good. I had legitimately never seen Julia yeah, as frightened me neither. as she no, was no, no. She, she, like, just, like, she legitimately had like a, a minor panic no, attack. No, no, no. Mm-mm. Well, I, I respect their need to like stay warm and stay awake and not want to like lay down and die. But also this is not much better. So... Yeah, just play like seven up instead. Why you gotta do this weird? <laughs> or a goddamn fire. A game where you maintain eye contact, maybe. <laughs> so not mafia. No. So okay, the game. Everyone is in a different corner, and person one walks to person two. Person two walks to person three. Person three walks to person four, and so on and so forth. Just just little like oh, Julia looks so concerned. Okay, so. They keep this game going for the entire night. To... So it's not so to be clear, not so much a game as an activity. <laughs> yeah, whatever, <laughs> because, Eric. Because, well, no, because I'm just, I'm just like, okay, how was the, what's the, what's, what are the rules? But it's really just people walking. <laughs> how yes. do you get points? So I mean, instead of like sitting down or just standing aimlessly and like getting tired and whatever, they they're like keeping each other in motion. That's the idea. They keep this going for the entire night to keep warm and stay awake. And at the crack of dawn, they pack up their gear and head out. After a while of searching, they finally come across the cabin they were supposed to have reached the previous night. They settle in, grab a bite to eat, and then catch up on some much-needed Zs. Not a ghost cabin, I'm sorry. Later that day, they sat down to discuss the game they'd invented. I guess to, like, rehash it? Oh, oh, sorry, there is an answer in the email. Uh, The teacher is especially interested, thinking he can pitch the idea to the PE teacher when he gets home. What an enterprising young teacher. It's just, it's a basically a walking relay race inside a cabin. <laughs> a slow, very clearly demarcated relay race. So the four hikers set about coming up with rules for the game. While discussing it, they realize, wait, this game doesn't work with four people. Because when person one leaves their corner and walks to person two, person two walks to person three, person three walks to person four. But when person four walks, there's no one left in the first corner to continue the game. Fuck this shit. And yet nope. their game had gone on for the entire Bye. night. Fuck this. See you later. <laughs> oh, Goodbye <no>. forever. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> Eric has quit the podcast. He has left. He's gone as far as his headphones will allow. I'm back. Oh, well, they could go farther. Anyway, so uh, the email finishes with, Uncertainly, they all looked at each other, each of them hesitant to utter what they all wondered out loud. Who had been the fifth person in that shack, keeping the game going throughout the night? Hey, hey, fuck this. Fuck this so hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm just done. No, not anymore. I thought it was pretty good. No. So you can cleanse your palettes mm-hmm. with... You can cleanse your palettes with an adorable narwhal drawing that this person, um, Spooky Creations Rebel, has given us on our Insta. But um, yeah, fuck that. No, no, no physical activity, no travel, no games. That's how you keep safe. No, don't play weird relay games with ghosts, you idiots. 
This is a email from L, and they say, I'm bad at introducing emails and full of chaotic bastard energy. Hello, Spirits Podcast. Nice. Newish listener here. I found Spirits uh, when looking for a mythology podcast to inspire me while I'm working on my own mythology-based comic series. Nymphs, uh, Nymphs of the Great Lakes, exotic dance clubs for fae, men turning goats, no dead gays, and true lady love defeating evil. You know, the things I wish I'd gotten as a queer teen. Anyway, I love your podcast and how you dig up new info on old stories. I have a spooky tale for you. I don't know if this counts, but it was one of the creepiest things that ever happened to me, and it happened while listening to Spirits. Amazing. <gasps> so good already. The urban legends have evolved. They have graduated. <laughs> They've created a perpetual motion machine. <laughs> uh, so... They say, I usually put on podcasts slash YouTube to listen to before bed. That night, I put on spirits. As I drifted off to sleep, I began to grow terrified. I clearly heard your voices through my headphones, but the story seemed a lot scarier than they usually are. Something about skin peeling or wearing skin or something skinless. I can't remember the exact content, but I recall the sound of your voices clearly. I felt terrified. Despite not being able to recall what you were really saying, I felt as though someone was looking at me through the door of my open closet. No, no, no closet monsters. No, never, no. I kept thinking that I shouldn't listen to spooky things before bed as I apparently drifted in and out of sleep, and the episodes remained terrifying. Eventually, after what felt like four... Eventually, after what felt like five or six episodes and a few checks across the room, I, quote, fell asleep. The next morning, I woke up thinking about how strange the previous night was. I'd had my computer on my bed, so I shook the cursor to see what episodes could have been so scary. It turns out my computer only went through one episode, which had nothing to do with any of what I thought I heard you guys saying. It seems I'd had the scariest kind of nightmare, one so seamless that is indistinguishable from real life. I dreamt lying down in bed listening to your podcast, dreamt falling in and out of sleep through several episodes, and dreamt thinking it was too scary and would give me bad dreams. I can't tell you if me checking across the room was real or if the feeling of being watched was real. I had actually put an episode on before bed, but the rest I had seemingly made up. I wonder if I would have chalked this experience up to an evil spirit if I had been alive a hundred years ago and not understood what lucid dreaming was, if that was what happened. Makes me wonder how much myth is based on half dreams or waking dreams. Either way, your podcast is good and pure, and I hope I can donate someday. I didn't get any war- no lesbians, but all right. <laughs> if you were alive a hundred years ago and listening to podcasts, they That'd definitely would burn you <laughs> at the stake. They'd be like, what is this technology? This weird witchcraft. Is it just like putting a radio next to your pillow and falling asleep to it? I guess. It would have been 1918, so they did have radios back then. Oh, my God. Is it possible that we went into the dream world with her? Yes. I, I think that it is very possible that we entered the dreamscape a la uh, Freddy Krueger with this dear listener and saw what happened. I am so honored. I feel like... The spirits have used us as their mouthpieces um, instead of us using them for our own entertainment, which fair enough. You may take your revenge and I apologize. Our bad. Sorry. Our total bad. And we're going to finish it off with this uh, tale from Ava. Ava writes, I'm from Northern Virginia, just outside DC, which is not known for its urban legends. 
We really only have one bunny man bridge. Oh, no. Th- oh, no. This isn't the focus of what I'm talking about. But here's a, sh- a short summary. So here's why I picked this email. Because this isn't even what the email is about. <laughs> but it is insane. Here's the summary. Guy in a bunny suit near a local bridge threatens and throws hatches at people. Wait, I feel like leaves... this was one of our first emails. We I've heard of Bunny Man Bridge before. Isn't this Donnie Darko? Leaves skinned rabbits everywhere. And one report says... The guy ate a runaway cat. You've heard this before? <laughs> no, I don't, I have. I don't I feel remember like I totally this. Have. Julia is so you connected. Mu- you might have, Julia, you might have just read this email. That's possible, but I feel like like early on this was I might have like done research for an episode and it's just like it never made it into the episode, but I know Bunny Man Bridge. I know so this that's, place. That's Bunny Man Bridge. Amazing. That's not what we're talking about though. Ate oh, a my cat. God. oh my god. But back to the subject at hand. What I'm talking about is simply referred to as the banging in the distance. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> there is always construction in this area. Excellent. Love a good, good, love a good public works project. I'm glad we got our answer right away. Spooky <laughs> infrastructure projects that are unclear and never finish. I don't think that's what they're getting at. I don't. I think there's going to be more details. <laughs> than, Spooky construction. Then there's construction around. They've currently got three houses going up on my street alone. It's getting really inconvenient, especially because a few people have had their tires popped by nails in the street and other things. I really thought you were going to say because a few people have died. And I was like, that's more than inconvenient, mate. So I'm sorry to the person that emailed us that I assumed so little of you. But I've just been, I'm just in that headspace. I'm in that Urban Legends monthly recording session headspace. Yeah. People just keep getting murdered. It's really inconvenient. Come on. That just like sounds like an 80s, like an 80s trope. It's like all those teenagers keep getting murdered by that guy in the mask. It's like, it's so irritating. Who knows? <laughs> With the construction, it's not uncommon to hear loud noises during the day. However, in the evening, when the workers have packed up for the day, sometimes I hear the distant sounds of construction, most notably a banging, like a large metal object hitting the ground. Ghost buildings. They're building ghost cabins. (laughs) That's the theme for this episode. Metal ghost cabins. What makes this creepy, more so than the bunny man story... Um, you're gonna really have to. You're gonna really have to sell me on this next, these next couple <laughs> sentences, Ava, because I do not believe that whatever you're gonna say is gonna be more creepy than that. But we'll 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 plow through and find out. Is the fact that aside from myself, one friend, and people from out of town, no one notices it. It's not easy to miss. Imagine how obvious thunder would sound if there was no accompanying rain. There are no local legends about it. The friend and I have made a few regional gothic-style jokes about the banging, but we've never been able to find out where and what it comes from. Is it a town-wide conspiracy that only me and my friend aren't in on? Ghosts? Fair folk? Aliens? Who knows? Whatever it is, it will continue to confuse out-of-towners and myself for years to come. I feel like it's like a really distinct form of like tinnitus. 
perhaps. That could be. It's like, I just mm. hear weird banging sometimes. I don't think it's creepier than the buddy story, I'll be honest. <laughs> That's the craziest shit I've ever heard. But I do like the the banging and the... I do like this, like, distant, like, drumming metal sound that's like a harbinger of of terrible things to come i'm actually genuinely interested that the bunny the bunny man is we have been doing thir- this is our 13th of this episode and that's the weirdest like most fucked up thing you've heard is the bunny man <laughs> no i mean it's definitely just more fucked up than the banging in the distance i think for sure that's fine I will. I thought that for, was a fur. I thought sure. that was a fur pun. For sure. <laughs> well done. Because the bunnies are skinless. When the, mispronunci- the mispronunciation becomes the pun. Yes. Because podcast. I, I will say, though, that I do find it very creepy when a thing is, is just plausible enough that it never occurred to you to question it. Like that, I really love. Or when the or when the little kid's like, oh, yeah, like like my best friend. And the mom's like, what? You know, it, if, if it is so folded into the fabric of everyday life that it's really surprising when it's revealed to be untrue that to me is pretty creepy not as creepy as a person who dresses up in a bunny suit and leaves carcasses all over town and throws machetes did i get that right yeah no yep uh hatchets hatchets hatchets. also bad also bad much easier to throw which is honestly worse What's the difference between yeah. a hatchet and a machete? I'd rather have a machete thrown at me than a hatchet. Well, a hatchet's more of a an axe, and a machete is like a big knife. A long oh, blade. Oh, I think I had conflated those. Yeah, you can get a lot more distance on a on a on a hatchet. I yeah, think. Yeah, because it's it's the way that's balanced. Hmm. Now you know. It turns out me and Julia are the are the bunny guy. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> you can tell by our, by our knowledge of hatchet. I, I eat the cat. <laughs> no, but listen, how badly do you guys want to read a newspaper article reporting about the bunny man? I will find one right now. Hold yeah, on. Uh, let's 100%. let's just pause real quick. All right, we're going to. I'm going to read you this quick article. Wait, or should Eric read it because he's a very good old timey voice? Do you want to read it, Eric? How how old is the how from like 2017? Okay. <laughs> do you want to do your reporter voice? Yeah, yeah. So, send okay, me the link on. in the Google Hangout. Yep. One second. Listen, people, we are puppets to be manipulated. So please tell us if you want uh, one or another of us to read your emails. We will. I have to do a voice. I thought you were going to. Should do your I just do a 1920s voice? Yeah, voice? Yeah. Do your old timey voice. All reporters are from the 1920s. I'm under a bridge. <laughs> What's going on? I can't, I can't bring it on command. I have to like, have to, I have to be like, it doesn't work like that. For more of it's Eric a- in his element, listen to uh, Waystation season two, episode two, where we get a good five minutes of, uh, of old timey Eric voice and it's the best. All right. Give us a normal read. Re- give us a normal read. I'm under a bridge. Um, I can't even say this. Colchester. Colchester. <laughs> this was the thing I learned when I was in New England like a month ago. I don't know how to say any of these New England I was going to say, Julia, Eric hasn't been brought up in the bullshit that we have. Yeah. Not, like I'm like, yeah, Worcester and and, and, and all the other ones. Oh, it's sweetie. Terrible. Sweetie, it's Worcester. <laughs> I know it's Worcester. I knew that no, one. You're pronouncing I, the R at the end. There's no I R. Don't, I'm sick of the, 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 the all your old timey pronunciations Worcester. are ridiculous. I'm under a bridge on Colchester Road in Fairfax County, listening to an Amtrak spe- train speeding overhead. 
Some would say I'm putting my life at risk right now, and not only by lingering near railroad tracks. According to local lore, this bridge is one of the most dangerous locations in Northern Virginia. Hang around here at midnight on Halloween, and you could be butchered by the Bunny Man. The no. Bunny Man. The bridge is where I meet journalist Matt Blitz. He heard the Bunny Man legend as a teenager growing up in Fairfax County. The story as he tells it is that in 1904, there was an asylum not far from this bridge. Clifton residents didn't like the idea of mental patients near their new homes, so they got it shut down, and all the patients were taken by bus to Lawton Prison. Then the bus swerved the crash, Blitz said. They were all... <laughs> I just they were, all, they, 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 they were able to locate the inmates that were on that bus, except for one. The escape... See, my voice works a lot better when I'm just, like, saying, like, it'd be terrible if something had to happen to your 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 butcher shop here. If you're intimidating people what, a la a 20s gangster, yes. Yeah, that's what the voice is best. It's not good for these okay, things. Okay, okay. I, I absolve you this responsibility. Take four minutes, my ass. Uh, <laughs> Do you want me to finish it up? Nope, nope. All I'm right. gonna read at least until the the end of this section, and All then right. you can you can take it from cool. there. The escaped mental patient was named Douglas Griffin. Two first names. Don't trust it. Exactly. After the crash, he disappeared. Weeks passed, and the rabbit cor- the rabbit corpses. I wasn't prepared for the word corpses in that <laughs> sentence, so it, it just kind of like, oh, did it? I didn't. I wasn't ready to pronounce the word corpses. It caught me off guard. Began appearing in the woods. Douglas was apparently eating bunnies to stay alive. This went on for a while. <laughs> Yikes! Keep going. Then one Halloween night, a group of I like that Julia's like keep just keep reading, just keep <laughs> just reading. Give it to us. Then one Halloween night, a group of kids were hanging around the bridge. They reported seeing some sort of bright light or orb, Blitz said. And then, in a flash, they'd all be strung up like the bunnies, gutted and hanging from this bridge. Hey, hey, question. How did the group of kids report seeing these things if they were all gutted and hanging from the bridge? You know what? That's a good. Wait, weren't the corpses point. gutted and hanging? No, the the kids. They'd be, they'd all been strung up like the bunnies. Wait, and this is real? Yeah, this is for this is <laughs> this this is from this is straight out of Wamu. <laughs> that's W the W A M U. Eric, we work in audio. American University. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if American University isn't using the say this is you're listening to Wamu, I don't know. It's so rare that your call sign is pronounceable that you better be using it when it's a chance when you have the chance. This is apparently all happened, except for the part where the kids that were gutted also then later reported seeing bright light or an orb. That doesn't make a lot of sense. The missing mental patient was of course assumed to be the killer. And the rumor goes, if you were here on Halloween night, at midnight, you'll end up just like those kids and those bunnies, Blitz says. This all sounds unlikely. For one, there is never an asylum at Clifton. That's a, that's a big 
It's a big get that blows the case wide open. <laughs> and for another, 1904 was an awfully early time for buses to be on the roads. Also a great True. point. But it's been said that every urban legend is based on a kernel of truth. And Brian Conley is the guy who set out to find the truth. The next section is called The Genesis of an Urban Legend. Conley is an archivist for the Fairfax County government. In the 1990s, he worked for the county's library system as a historian, and people kept coming in and asking if the bunny man was real. We simply got tired of hearing, uh, we simply got tired of having to say, I don't know, Conley said. Yes. So Conley started digging, and he found what he calls the bunny man legend's genesis event. Here's what he discovered. In 1970, a couple was parked in a driveway not far from the train overpass when they had a terrifying encounter. Someone appeared very quickly, yelled something having to do with trespassing, and threw a hatchet at the car, Conley explains. They did not get a very good look at the person. All they really got was dressed in white or light-colored clothing and may or may not have had something on his head. When the story made the papers, that something on his head became bunny ears. Oh, From people. there, the archivist says, the story quickly morphed into something else. Within a few years, children were swapping stories about a man in a bunny suit chasing kids through the woods with a hatchet. The version journalist Matt Blitz heard involved a guy eating bunnies. Like a game of telephone, the story went from one person to another, taking an increasingly imaginative details. Yes, Amanda. Uh, I thought you said virgin journalist right there, which, <laughs> one, rude and unnecessary. Call out. Two, is there going to be a brick wall made of virgin blood somewhere in the in the Perhaps. forest that the asylum appeared? And then the asylum was a ghost because they found a second asylum that they did not reserve in advance and the asylum would be filled with the fifth person that made their four corner walking game that was such a hit that the teacher had to bring it back to his colleague in physical education did that is that what happened no yeah you got it oh. um what if it turned out that there was like a crazy through line through all of these <laughs> stories and like we have been masterminding the craziest urban legend in history listen what if a person dreams a dream that is actually an encounter with a demon and they know all the tropes and they know how to escape because they've listened to our fucking stories so much that would help I'm going to so wrap this up. you're suggesting this has become a public service. I we think do provide I, a public I'm, service. I'm not going to call us heroes, Eric, but if people choose to, they can. All right. Um, so today, the Bunny Man legend has traveled far beyond Fairfax County. There are Bunny Man t-shirts, Bunny Man beer, and a Bunny Man horror movie franchise. As Conley's research on the true story of the Bunny Man has circulated online, some refuse to believe he's telling the truth. There are some people out there that are convinced that the story, as it's told, is true, Conley says, and that myself and Fairfax County are trying to cover something up. Yes, because archivists are in the profession of lying. That's, a, that's yes. exactly why they, they painstakingly source original documents. Checks out. While it's fun debunking the bunny man legend, Conley says, it's even more fun to believe it. Aw, that's very generous Aww. of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, American University student who wrote that article. <laughs> Amazing. That I think that's lot. it. I think we've all learned that's important lessons today. More than I was expecting. I just want to point out one thing. Eating bunnies, like, that sounds terrible, but, like, it's just, like, it's a game animal. Like, that's the least creepy part of that whole story. Yeah, it somehow comes across as the creepiest part of the story. <laughs> Rabbits are delicious. 
that's just how it is. Yeah. Well, I think it's also the, you know, hundred some years between then and now where back then people knew how to skin animals. They hunted all the time. It was fine. Uh, and now it's just like, oh no, blood. <laughs> Not prepackaged meat, butchering your own livestock. But I, I, I love a good myth with uh, some primary sources, some secondary sources, some good reporting, some uh, archive and library and information science professionals. What up? Uh, thank you. Thank you all for sending in your emails. People, you can email us anytime. Spearspodcast.com slash contact. That's where you can find uh, our little email form. And we would love to hear from you. We love your links. We love your drawings. We love your photos. And definitely, definitely, if you've emailed us before or if you want to write up a shorter version um, or send in a future thing, also share it to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash spirits podcast, or just search for spirits and um, share it with other people there. It's a very fun group. It is very active and people there are going to love your stories. It's true. (laughs) Thanks, Eric. Can can you give us that again in, in an old timey voice? No, I can't. you can't do it on it's demand. Not enough, no. It's not enough words. Like it, it needs to like it needs to like naturally okay, like about, come in like that. I was able to how do about it. It's true. It's true. Are we staying creepy? And oh staying yeah, cool, shit. Though? We gotta do that. Like the bunny man. Please remember to stay creepy. Stay cool. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us your urban legends at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Just $1 gets you access to audio extras with so much more available too. Recipe cards, director's commentaries, exclusive merch, and real physical gifts. We are a founding member of Multitude, a collective of independent audio professionals. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. And above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please share us with your friends. That is the very best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.